0: Welcome to Preaching and Preachers, a weekly podcast devoted to those who preach and to the task of preaching itself. I'm your host, Jason Allen, president of Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Today, I want to welcome Dr. Jerry Vines to the podcast. Dr. Vines serves as a pastor, served as a pastor for over 60 years. He served twice as president of the Southern Baptist Convention and for over 23 years as pastor of the internationally recognized First Baptist Church of Jacksonville, Florida. Dr. Vines, welcome to Preaching and Preachers.
1: Thank you, Dr. Allen, and it's a pleasure to be with you today, and I'm looking forward to it.
0: Well, it's great to have you, uh, on I would say, in the studio, but you're not here. You're here virtually uh, to have you on this recording and to talk about progress in the pulpit. And uh, the pulpit is something you know much about, and progress in it is something you know much about. And so I look forward to that conversation. Uh, we've been able to have you on campus here before, preaching in chapel, interacting with our students, and you and I have been able to have a number of conversations over the years about preaching, and uh, and so it's just good to to do this in a formal way, uh, in recording with listeners who can engage this and, uh, and learn from what we talk about today. I guess, I don't want to assume too much, and uh, you now have been re- retired formally from First Baptist Jacksonville, I, I guess over 10 years. Uh, or, or thereabouts, and uh, so I don't want to assume too much that all of our listeners, especially younger individuals listening to this program, would uh, would know about you and your ministry and all the Lord did. So, so perhaps a couple of minutes of just the broad contours of your ministry, and uh, and kind of where you find yourself now in ministry and what you're able to do, and uh, the opportunities you're having this stage of life.
1: Sure, Dr. Allen, and uh, it, it's been uh, it's been a wonderful, blessed uh, journey for me. Uh, I actually was called to preach at 16 and uh, amazingly had my first church at the age of 18. And uh, from then right on until uh, retirement at the First Baptist Jacksonville, I served the churches continuously except for a little time uh, there when I was seminary. But, uh, you know, the the preaching uh, task is, has been uh, primary uh, and uh, foremost to me because I think that's uh, what scripture teaches the primary responsibility of the pastor is. And so I've enjoyed the journey. It's been a blessing. Uh, You know, I retired uh, uh, from uh, the pastorate in Jacksonville in 2006. And so now I've been for over 12 years pursuing uh, an itinerant ministry and writing ministry, which I I call my fourth quarter uh, ministry. And it's been very. Uh, very uh, satisfying and, and uh, I hope, fruitful uh, as well. And uh, you made mention of our, our progress in the pulpit book, and uh, I'll be happy to discuss that further if you would like.
0: Yes, I look forward to doing that. And uh, before we do that, though, I do want to make clear that you are now, is it are you 79 years old or 80 years old, Dr. Vines?
1: Well, Dr. Allen, I'm 80 years old now, and God willing, if I... Live until September. I'll be eighty-one, and it all comes as a very big surprise to me. But that's where I am.
0: Well, I, I bring that not to clarify your uh, your advanced antiquity, but but uh, but, but to, uh, to 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 congratulate you and celebrate you uh, to my listeners because you're not only an octogenarian now, you also are a Ph.D. student in preaching at Southwestern Seminary. So, what's it like to be a student in your eighty-first year?
1: Well, you know, I think, Dr. Allen, I have lost my mind. Uh, (laughs) I don't know what possessed me to get into that. Well, I mean, I really do. I'm just kidding. But uh, it's been very enjoyable. Uh, I've completed uh, over a year now, and uh, I'm I'm enjoying the work very, very much. And at some point here, I'll tell you how I got into that if you would like for me to.
0: Yeah, please do. That'll That'll be fun
1: well uh you know i, I wrote that book uh, with uh, dr jim Shattuck's, uh up at southeastern uh on progress in the pulpit, building around what paul uh, said to young timothy uh that you know that your progress uh might uh you know appear unto all men well and the idea that that uh, in our ministries uh and as well as our christian life we should be continually growing and maturing and hopefully uh, be better ministers of the word along the way. And so in the course of that, I began to think, well, you know, I, I'm urging people to do this. Uh, why don't I do this? And, uh, you know, I've always been a student. My mornings have been devoted to study for a long, long, long time now. And I thought, well, why not just uh, apply that to a, a, an attainable goal, hopefully? And so that's what really created uh Uh, getting into the Ph.D. program, and I will tell you this, you know, I I have a Ph.D. from uh, Luther Rice that I'm very happy with, but I I will tell you, I am very impressed uh, with uh, the Ph.D. uh, program and the rigors of it and the uh, scholarship of it, and I have a new admiration for men like you, Dr. Allen, who have uh, uh, obtained your Ph.D. degree.
0: Well... You're you're you are on your way, and I'll tell you, you know, I did mine as a pretty young man before my kids were old enough to to feel the pinch of me living in a library. But uh, but it's an accomplishment regardless of the age, and uh, so good for you for pursuing it. Well, listen, let's get into uh, let's get into the topic of the conversation today, in particular, progress in the pulpit and uh, and and your book and the work you've done with Jim Shattuck's now. And get give, give a little bit of a context here with the previous work of Power in the Pulpit and when that came out and flesh out the story behind it and what you two men are seeking to accomplish uh, through your collective work.
1: Well, you know, actually, I uh, I did originally with uh, Moody uh, two books on preaching, uh, one focusing on uh, uh, expository sermon preparation and the other uh, focusing on uh, sermon delivery. And uh, those books did very, very well uh, and and evidently were helpful to some people. And so then uh, Dr. Shaddix approached me later on about combining the two books and updating them some, and uh, I wholeheartedly uh, agreed to do that with Dr. Shaddix, and I'm most pleased with what he did. And uh, then he uh, he came to me here some time ago and said, you know, this book's been out since '99. Needs to be updated in some way, and proposed a revision. And so, in the in the process of uh, of us doing that revision, uh, I approached with him the subject of uh, doing a new book, uh, Passion in the Pulpit, and he concurred. And so, you know, he wrote about half the chapters, and I wrote about half the chapters. And uh, we're very pleased with it and very excited with the, the way it has been received. And then, you know, we've got a new one coming out here, uh, hopefully in June, if you'd like to discuss that as well.
0: Well, you you have wet our appetite, so discuss it.
1: <laughs> well, it, it actually is going to be the third in, in what I'm calling a, a pulpit trilogy, and uh, it's called Passion in the Pulpit, and I'm doing that in coordination. Uh, with uh Dr. Adam Dula who also holds a PhD degree from Southern Seminary as do you and uh he he did his dissertation on uh ascertaining the passion of uh or the pathos of a passage of scripture and that our purpose in preaching is not to appreciate to to preach our passion in the pulpit but to to re- reflect and and to convey the passion of the Bible, a uh, passage itself. And, uh, so, you know, I, I th- and he's doing the heavy lifting in, in this particular book. And basically I'm tagging on each chapter and showing how I actually did the things he's been talking about. Uh, but he kind of, he, he, he kind of, uh, he, he did the, the, the scholarly work and I just, Tag on to, you know, I did what I was doing. I didn't really know uh, a lot of the uh, intellectual foundation of, for it and terminology to be used. So he really kind of uh, he kind of put the words to the music for me. And I, I'm really excited. I think it's going to be a very helpful book. And uh, God willing, it's, uh, it's due to be out by the Southern Baptist Convention. And uh, Dr. Shaddix and uh, Dr. Dooley and I will have a book signing uh, I think it's on Monday at uh, maybe at four o'clock. Uh, after I do a, a Bible signing.
0: Oh, good for you! Well, listen, let's talk about progress in the pulpit in particular. And I, I guess just flesh out for us: what do you mean by by progress in the pulpit, and why should pastors, why should preachers be be intentional about progressing uh, in their preaching ministry?
1: Well, I think uh, you know. I think the idea is that. Uh, Scripture does teach us that we are to grow and mature in our Christian life. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the theological term for that, is, as you know quite well, is uh, sanctification, which pro- is progressive growth in righteousness. But then tied into that uh, as a pastor, uh, we, we are also uh, encouraged uh, to, to grow in our preaching. Uh, you know this is built off of the passage there, 1 Timothy four, and uh, and so in the in the process of uh, this particular book, uh, we we actually have three parts to it: defining the sermon, uh, part two is developing the sermon, and then part three is delivering the sermon. And we really, you know, Doctor Shadish and I really kind of try to cover the ground of. Uh, you know in the, in the beginning of the thing we we revisit what uh, expository preaching is all about and then we we deal with the matter of uh the minister's personal holiness uh growing in in his holiness in the lord and then uh, uh how to how to shepherd people as as we preach and then into the developing uh you know of the sermon uh, I talk a little bit about the literature the preaching literature that uh, is available for us, and then uh, the matter of language, the use of words, and uh, imagination, uh, growing in our understanding of how to use imagination in preaching, and uh, the centrality of, of Christ and His cross as we preach. And then, you know, we come on up to the whole matter of communication, and there's a lot of information out there now uh, that really can help the preacher in, in the field of, of uh, communicating. adequately, and I have an actual uh, chapter in there on the invitation, and then uh, uh, Doctor Shaddix he talks about uh, uh, objective uh, sermon evaluation, how to evaluate sermons, and and then we talk about preaching as worship, and uh, you know I I, I view uh, the preaching of the word as the real uh, high point, uh, focal point of preaching. Everything to me leads. Up to the preaching of the Word, and then everything flows from the preaching of the Word. And so that's just kind of basically what we do in uh, Progress in the
0: Pulpit. Dr. Vines, let's pause just for a moment so we can receive a word of update from Midwestern Seminary. Midwestern Seminary's 81-hour Master of Divinity degree prepares you for ministry today and tomorrow. Midwestern Seminary's flagship degree program is our primary track for ministry preparation. Requiring only 81 credit hours, the MDiv program is an efficient option for students, equipping them to serve the church in pastoral ministry. Residential students will be trained in a unique community environment passionately focused on the local church. Online students can earn the full degree without leaving their current ministry context. Come be a part of one of the fastest growing seminaries in North America, as we develop a new culture of discipleship devoted to the local church and committed to taking God's unchanging word into a rapidly changing world. Visit mbts.edu slash mdiv today. All right, I'm back in the studio with Dr. Jerry Vines talking about progress in the pulpit. For those listening to this, to this podcast, and, and they're, they're listening, they're processing, obviously they, they want to progress. Uh, who, who, wants to re, who sets out to regress in their preaching ministry? Um, I, I, give us some practical words. How does it actually happen? Uh, what, what can pastors do? What can they implement? to help their preaching ministry actually progress?
1: Yeah. Well, of course, I think there's several aspects to that. I, I, you know, there is the, uh, uh, there, there is the spiritual aspect. Uh, you know, we'll not uh, progress in our preaching if we don't progress in our own personal Christian life and the devotional life of a pastor and all of that comes into play there. But then, uh, you know, I, I, I try to read uh, extensively uh, I still do even after all of these years I and I try to read in in, in a wide range of uh areas but uh I, I I try to really uh you know I read two or three new books on preaching every year and uh, or I and I also read books on uh how to interpret the various uh genre of scripture and just everything I can find that will help me uh, to make progress and improve uh, in my preaching online, I'm still at it. I'm, you know, I'm I'm still going on on that enterprise.
0: Yeah. So let me let me kind of hop around here a little bit in the conversation. Sure. Let, let me go back sixty years. If you could go back sixty years, what would you want to say to yourself on the front end of your ministry, knowing what you know now?
1: Hope this doesn't sound uh, too egotistical, but looking back over it, uh, starting off you know as a uh, young pastor at the age of 18, I, I think I would basically pursue uh, the, the same uh, direction I did in my ministry. You know, as an 18-year-old boy, uh, you know, I really uh, when, when God called me to preach and I had my first church. I didn't even own but one religious book uh, apart from the Bible, and that was uh, uh, Dr. George W. Truitt's A Quest for Souls. But uh, then, you know, going on into college, undergraduate work, and then moving from there on into seminary, I began to acquire the tools uh, of the preaching ministry. And I would encourage, you know, any young... Uh, man who may be listening to this podcast, uh, be sure and pursue uh, all of the education uh, and training in, in your area as you possibly can. And uh, you know, my my undergraduate years were uh, interesting but very helpful to me, and my seminary years. And uh, so, I, I would just encourage young men uh, to, to to pursue. Uh, And find the very best, and you know today, uh, Doctor Allen, as you know far better than I do, there are just so many uh, avenues of possibility uh, for a man to acquire training. Uh, In fact, one of the reasons I'm in the PhD program now is because of the flex access program, where I can actually uh, be in in the seminars, and uh, they can see me, I can see them, we can talk to one another, and have dialogue. Well, I mean, mercy, if if that had been available 30 years ago, I'd have probably pursued a Ph.D. then. There's just a lot of options
0: now. You know, that's true, and I tell people all the time, theological training is so accessible these days. There, There just is no reason not to be able to get equipped. I'm not saying that every person who aspires to ministry on the planet has to have formal theological training. I'm saying that those who need it and who desire it can get it. And, uh, you know, you mentioned the the modular type type program, the flex access, access program you're part of. So at Midwestern Seminary, you know, very similar, we, our PhD programs are modular, so you, you don't have to move to Kansas City to do a PhD. You can come here periodic weeks throughout the year. And I remember for me when I was completing my MDiv in the mid-2000s and was uh, flirting with, praying through, thinking through whether or not to do a PhD. And, you know, that could have broken either way. I was pastoring and had other pastoral opportunities and for me to undertake a PhD, I was committing to being in proximity to Louisville for you know four or five years, and uh, you know that was a very deliberate process to consciously choose to root myself and my family and uh, my calling uh, in proximity to a seminary for for four or five years. And I mean that was a that was a massive process to think through, to pray through, to work through. And looking back, it 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 wasn't slam dunk. I mean, I aspire to a PhD, but okay, do I really? Am I sure God's calling me to do this and to anchor myself here another five years? And uh, and that could have broken the other way. It really could have. And looking back in God's kind providence, there was obviously you know preparation for things he would have me do at, at Midwestern and, and elsewhere previously. But but it, it just was such a defining reality, a, a such a, an essential, really unchangeable um, component of PhD studies. And now you can earn a PhD without moving. We still have many students who do move here for it, but you can earn a PhD here and other seminaries through modular type, hybrid, and flex access formats. All right, our, our time is here, kind of coming to a close, Dr. Vines, but let me just tee you up one last time. Uh, what practical advice for pastors wanting to to progress in their pulpit ministries? What, what practical advice may, would you give them?
1: Well, I, I do want to just kind of uh, put a little tag on the end of what you said there. Uh, I do believe that uh, it was possible to get it online or whatever. But I, I think, uh, especially as a younger man, if it is at all feasible, I would encourage them to move to the campus.
0: Yes. There yes. are
1: some relationships you you develop and, and friendships of a lifetime that you acquire that you might not acquire if you did it the other route. So, you know, normally my advice to a young pastor is go to the campus, be a part of the campus life. Uh, an older pastor who's already established in a church and and has a growing family—that that, you know—then that might be a, a better option, online or whatever. But I, I would just encourage young men. To me, the powerhouse uh, of the ministry is uh, the pastor's devotional time, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, call it what you will—you uh, know, call it devotional time, your quiet time whatever, but I'm just talking about that daily time where we get in the Word of God and God speaks to us, and then we pray, we speak to God. That's where the victory is won to me. Uh, That's the place where the power is. That's the place where we conquer. Uh, That's the place where we uh, get ourselves clean before the Lord and uh, get His direction and guidance in our life. And, uh, you know, I've known a number, sadly, uh, who have uh, uh, fallen out along the way. And almost without exception, every one of the pastors I have had the responsibility to deal with, uh, it all started with the failure uh, to have that daily devotional time. We're never too busy to spend time with God.
0: Mm, That's good. That's good. Well, Dr. Vines, thank you for your faithfulness again the age of 80 still preaching effectively in major churches throughout the country the age of 80 pursuing a phd at the age of 80 still studying and still having your quiet time to guard your heart as well so thank you so much for joining me on preaching and preachers it's been a delight to have this conversation
1: well thank you dr allen and i'm honored and privileged that you would uh, allow me to do that today i pray god's blessing on you and all who listen to this podcast
0: thank you for listening to preaching and preachers For more information, please visit my website, jasonkallen.com.